Well, hey, everybody, Pastor Brian here. It's October 20th, Tuesday, time for our Tuesday podcast. And it's hard to believe, isn't it, that it's October 20th. There's only one more Sunday in October, and then we're, we're right into November. I mean, that is hard to believe. One of the good things, though, that we can certainly say is 2020 is coming to an end. <laughs> I mean, this year has just been absolutely crazy. And I know if you're um, feeling at all like me, you're going to be glad when this year is over. I know I'm going to be glad when it's over. But right now, in the immediate context, we've got an election looming, a big election, a presidential election. Presidential elections are always big elections, but it just feels like this particular election is like nothing we've ever seen before. And it's really ramping up, really heating up. You know, we're seeing more and more yard signs. Every time I drive down the road, I'm seeing more and more yard signs out for Biden or for Trump. I'm seeing yard signs now that say Jesus 2020 on them. Um, The other day I saw one that just said adults 2020. And, uh, you know, it's just this election cycle has been more heated than anything I can ever remember. And today what we're going to do is just continue on what we started last week. And so last week, what I did is um, gave you an introduction uh, to the fact that I was going to be dealing with the election that's coming up, and then I played half, roughly half, of a message that I preached last year about the Christian and politics. And today, I want to wrap that message up. So I'm going to play you the second half of that today, just to sort of um kind of, I hope, prepare your heart for the election that's coming in just two weeks. I think that's right. Um, But, you know, it's I I re-listened to this message myself uh, last week before I played it for you guys, and I had forgotten how I ended the message, and and really it's it's so important. You're going to see, or hear, rather, uh, that the way this message ends, I think, is the most important thing of all. We can think hard about uh, our politics and how we approach politics and what candidates we're going to vote for and what issues drive our votes. But in the end, there's one thing that's more important than any other thing when it comes to this issue of politics and how we treat one another, particularly in this political season. So I hope you'll stay tuned, listen to the remainder of this message, and then I'll be back right on the heels of it to uh, to give you some closing words and get us ready for the final podcast about the election before the election. (laughs) So uh, here we go, picking up part two, the Christian and politics. Jesus is saying that we're salt, preserving the, the culture from going bad, and that we're light, pushing back darkness, making it possible for people to be able to see the truth. And, and in our particular context, one of the ways that we're allowed to be salt and light for us, this is not true for every person living on the planet, but for us living in the culture and the, the place that we live in, one of the ways that we get to be salt and light is by taking advantage of the political system and influencing it by voting. You with me? You, you follow how I got from point A to point B? Like the, the, our political system has no bearing on the kingdom of God can't disrupt what God's doing, but as we live here in this place, in this time, and we're to be salt and light, one of the ways that we get to do that is by voting and influencing the lawmaking process. Here's a quote 
from a Christian leader. He says, when something comes up in the courts or in the ballot that gives us an opportunity to vote for righteousness, to vote for things that we know honor God, to vote for things that protect people from evil, we as Christians have to vote for what fits the biblical standard. Let me give you an example. At the risk of you thinking I'm getting political in the pulpit, I, I hope you understand that I'm not. But let me give you a practical example. Like I am opposed to abortion morally. Morally. I preached a sermon about it. You can go back and listen to it. If you weren't here for it, you can hear everything that I had to say about why I'm opposed to abortion and why I believe the Bible, why I believe that Jesus is opposed to abortion. I believe abortion is evil. You heard me right. Now, I don't believe that every person who has an abortion or performs an abortion, is evil. But I believe abortion is evil. And I believe that as a Christian, I have a responsibility as salt and light. When I have the opportunity to change or to influence or to speak on the issue of abortion, which I think is evil, if I have an opportunity to vote against it, then I have the responsibility as salt and light to vote against it. You see how they relate to one another? So our political process can't impact the kingdom of God, but as Christians, we can utilize our political process to be salt and light. That's that's why you, you should be involved, even though it can't influence what God is doing. Number three, number three. This is so important. Write this down and put it somewhere where you'll see it over the next year. No political position should cause us to violate the command to love our neighbor. I don't care what it is. No political position should ever cause us to violate the command of Christ to love our neighbors. John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus made a statement about how people will know if we are actually his disciples. And he began by saying, by this, or this is the way, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you are a Democrat, if you are a Republican, if you're a conservative or a liberal or whatever you want to call yourself, Did Jesus say that? Because let me say that there are people on both sides, by the way, who will say, because you are this, you can't be a Christian. They are using political beliefs and ideologies to define what a Christian is, what a follower of Jesus is. Jesus says there's a very simple way that people will know that you're my disciples. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. If you love one another, that's a statement about his followers. That's a statement about us as Christians. I would be incredibly disappointed, incredibly disappointed if any of you became one of those people battling with other Christians in an unloving way based upon political ideologies. But Jesus also said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven through 40, and this makes it broader. It goes beyond just church and Christians. 
when asked about the great commandment, you know it. He said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. The command to love our neighbors. Now, I just want you to do something with me as we sort of start getting to a close this morning. In fact, Gary, you can come on back up. I want you to go through a little exercise with me that I hope will help you when we're dealing with this subject of of politics. And I want you to think about the person who is most unlike you when it comes to your political beliefs. I mean, just think if you're, I'm assuming that most of you in here are relatively conservative. So just think of the most liberal person. In fact, what I'd really like for you to do is think of that person that you, whether liberal, conservative or, or whatever, I'd like you to think of that person that you've seen on the news or on your Facebook feed or wherever that just makes you want to scream. Think of the person. Maybe it's just a visual you have in your mind or maybe it's an actual person, but just think of somebody who's just as far away from you as you can get. You getting it? You thinking of them? Are you participating with me? I mean, I, I tried to do this this week as I was thinking about this. Think of the person that disagrees with every position. Even the positions that you hold, like the one I mentioned earlier, that are moral positions and you think are non-negotiable and you just can't get over them morally, think of the person that opposes those positions. Think of that person, and now I want you to consider this. That that other person who's so exactly different from you in every possible way you can think of is actually exactly like you in the only ways that really matter. They were created in the image of God. That person that you can't stand. That you wish would move to a far off country and you'd never hear from them again. That person that just makes your face turn red anytime you even see them. Was also just like you created in the image of God. And just like you. They're no different than you. Just like you, they are fallen in their sin. So far, check one, you're both created in the image of God. Check two, you're both absolutely sinners. Let's check another box. Because of your sin and their sin, both of you, and I'm including myself in this as I'm talking to you, but both of you, deserve and are destined to go to hell. So, so far, there's no difference in any of the eternal ways that matter. There is no difference between you. Created in the image of God, born sinners, destined for hell. Let's check another box. Their only hope is found in Jesus Christ who died to pay for their sin and your sin. 
Again, you're exactly the same. There's no difference between you and this person. Created in the image of God, born into sin, deserving of hell, and your only hope is Jesus Christ. So in that sense, when we think about these things and when we think about issues like politics, we put them in their proper place. I hope that we would realize that in the way that, or in the ways that matter and the things that are eternal, all of us are in the same boat, the exact same boat. None of us are any different than the other. And so maybe a good thing that we can do today as we close and prepare to, to take the Lord's Supper is to focus on those things in our life and, and in the lives of others where we've had difficulty loving other people. Where we've had difficulty seeing how we could possibly ever love a person like that. Maybe today is a day where we remember that really we're all the same. We're all the same in the way that God sees us and ultimately in the way that we need Christ. And so maybe today is just a good moment as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper where we take and remember the body of Christ that was broken for us, the blood of Christ that was shed for us as we commune with one another around that, as we visibly remember Jesus and proclaim his death until he comes. Let's just focus in on the gospel and put everything else in this world, all the issues that we've dealt with, all the things that we've thought about over the past 10 weeks or so and put them in their proper perspective that nothing is as important as how a person relates to Jesus. And that really is the big issue in the end. You know, as Christians in particular, as followers of Jesus, people have been called and commissioned to be his witnesses and to uh, share the gospel with people. You know, in the end, the most important thing for us isn't how a person votes. It isn't the way that somebody views politics or whether or not they agree with us politically or not. But in the end, it's all about a person's spiritual condition. Do they know Christ? Do they have their hope in Christ or not? And we're all the same in that regard. All of us are sinners. All of us need a Savior. And so in that sense, your greatest political enemy is exactly the same as you. And I would just encourage you to remember that, especially as we enter into these. I mean, I just don't know what's going to happen over these next two weeks. I feel like, I mean, this is pure speculation. I don't have any insight here. I don't have any reason uh, to to uh, ask you to think that this is more right than anything anybody else says. But I feel like it's going to get more crazy over the next two weeks. I feel like there's probably going to be a bombshell or two as far as some news story, some story about one of the candidates or both of the candidates that's meant to sort of derail their prospects of being elected. And then I feel like, I honestly feel, and I've said this before in a couple of different contexts, but I honestly feel like no matter who wins, whether it's President Trump or whether it's uh, Joe Biden, no matter who wins, I really believe that our society, our country, is in for an even more tumultuous time politically in the months and perhaps years ahead. Until there's a leader that can really unify us, I 
I just we're such a polarized country. I just don't see any way that that this isn't um, extremely divisive, no matter who wins. And so, you know, let's focus on the things that really matter the most. And if you've been here on Sunday morning for the series through First Peter, let's remember that our hope. We're called to live in hope. Uh, you know, we're hopeful about the res or not the resurrection, but the return. We're of Christ. We're certain of the resurrection and we're hopeful about the return of Christ. We believe he's coming back and we believe when he comes he's going to institute a kingdom that will never end. He's going to make all things new. He's going to set all things right. And so let's keep our hope in Christ where it absolutely belongs. You know, as I close down the podcast today and wrap things up for this particular podcast, I just want to give you a little bit of a preview of what I'm going to do next week. I'm going to try to do this wisely. Uh, But I'm going to try next week to help you, or or maybe not even help. Maybe that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to talk to you about what influences me as a private citizen, as a Christian follower of Jesus, what influences my vote, and the issues that matter to me most, and the potential consequences of this upcoming election uh, for those of us who are followers of Jesus. So... I am going to talk to you. I've never done that in all the years I've been pastoring. I've never, ever entered in. And listen, I'm not going to mention the candidates by name. I'm not I'm not going to mention, I'm not asking you to vote for one or the other. I'm just going to tell you how I think through the process of voting as a follower of Jesus Christ. It may surprise you what I have to say. So uh, next week, join me back here on Tuesday as we talk about how we vote as Christians. And uh, let's be prayerful for our country. Be prayerful for the church. Be prayerful for me. I'll be praying for you. I pray for all of you. I pray for our church family uh, throughout the week leading into our worship times together. I'm praying for you. I want you to know that. I really am. And, And I hope that you'll be praying for me. Listen, stay well. Stay safe. Uh, Whatever you do this week, honor Christ with your life in every single thing that you do so people can see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Uh, God bless you this week. I hope I'll see you tomorrow at dinner and Bible study as we're working our way now through the Sermon on the Mount for a week or two. And then if I don't see you then, I hope that I'll see you on Sunday for worship. So God bless you. Have a great week. I'll see you soon.